0: Now this morning I've brought along one of the most powerful things I've got in my house. It does something really powerful. I wonder if anyone can guess what it is. Max? A drill? Good guess, not a drill. Any other ideas? Max again? A hammer? No. Any other ideas? A pressure washer? Good idea. Lola? A what? A hoover? No. Pressure cooker? No. (laughs) India? What is it? A kettle. No, I'll show you what it is. It is my television remote. Have you ever thought about that? A Television remote is a powerful piece of kit, isn't it? You can sit on your sofa, and you can, you can choose something on Netflix, you can browse the internet, you can record stuff. Sometimes you can even go into the kitchen and press a button and turn the television off in the other room. It's a powerful piece of kit. Our true story from the Bible this morning is all about the remote control miracle. The remote control miracle. Jesus is in one place, and he does something absolutely amazing in a different place. He doesn't have to touch anything. He doesn't have to touch anybody. He doesn't have to plug anything in. He does something in one place, and it makes something amazing happen in another place. It's called the remote control miracle. And we're going to find out two lessons about Jesus, and uh, one lesson about Jesus, and one lesson about how we can respond to him. But first we need to find out what's going on in the story. So take, take up your Bible again, and take a look at verse 43. After the two days, Jesus left for Galilee. Now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They'd seen all that he'd done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they also had been there. So the people in Galilee, they look really happy and excited to see Jesus. But they don't really understand how amazing Jesus is. Their faith in him is actually a little bit babyish. It's kind of babyish faith. But the remote control miracle is going to help them grow up and have a more grown-up faith. Verse 46. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine, and there was a certain royal official whose son lay ill at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Now, I don't know how long it takes to walk from Cana to Capernaum, but Google does. Google tells me it's six hours and 51 minutes and it's about 34 kilometers. That's quite a long walk. We did some walks um, over half term in the New Forest in the rain, but we only ever walked about two miles. This man's walked 34 kilometers. His son is really ill, so he's gone all the way from Capernaum all the way up to Cana, and he wants to ask Jesus to make his son better. I wonder what Jesus is going to say. Maybe he'll say, I'm sorry, I'm a little bit busy right now, but I'll I'll sort it out later. Maybe he's going to say, I'm really sorry to hear that. I'll come straight away. Maybe he says, seven hours? No way. That's far too far to walk. Jesus says something very surprising instead, verse 48. He says, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will never believe. Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will never believe believe. Now that doesn't sound like a very kind thing to say, does it, to a man whose son is really ill? Why does he say that? Well, he's actually talking about all the people who live in Galilee. People who don't really understand how amazing Jesus is. People who need to grow up in their faith. Jesus is saying, I can see that you need to see things in order to believe in me. But I want you to have a more grown-up faith than that. It's a bit like when we learn to swim. When we learn to swim, maybe you wear these, they're a bit too small for me, but you put them up on your arms. Maybe you start with eight on each arm and then you go down to kind of like six and eventually you've only got one on each arm and then your swimming teacher says, take them off. You don't need them anymore. And when we learn to swim, we only swim in the shallow water. We don't swim in the deep water. This man and all these people who live in Galilee, they're still wearing their faith floats. And Jesus wants him to take them off. Jesus wants him to have a deep faith, not a shallow one on the surface. But the man isn't ready yet to take off his faith floats. So he says in verse 49, Sir, come down before my child dies. He needs to see Jesus heal his son. And so Jesus teaches him and us our first lesson, which is this. Jesus' promises are just as powerful as his presence. Jesus' promises are just as powerful as his presence jesus replied go your son will live your son will live do you know when you press a button on your television remote it's a bit like making a promise this button will select netflix this button will select bbc2 this button will turn the television off. It's a bit like that with Jesus. He makes a remote control promise. He says, your son will live. He's not present in the same place with this sick little boy. He's 34 kilometers away. But that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that he's not in the same place because his promise is just as powerful as his presence. Now, boys and girls, earlier this year, you had to do online lessons. Let's hope you don't have to do that again. Your teachers put your lessons online. They weren't present with you in your house, but they still spoke to you over the computer, maybe in a live lesson or maybe kind of a recording on a PowerPoint or something like that. Their words still helped you to learn. Homeschooling sort of worked, but it's not the real thing. It's not the same as your teachers being present with you in the classroom. Jesus' words are different. His words are powerful, just as powerful as his presence. Just ask the man with the sick little boy. Verse 50 again. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. Now, I wonder how long he'd been walking. Remember, it takes six hours and 51 minutes to walk from Cana to Capernaum, or the other way around. Maybe he'd been walking an hour, thinking, is my son really going to live? Maybe he'd been walking three hours, thinking, oh, he was really ill and I've still got three hours to go and I just don't know whether he's going to get better. Maybe he's been walking six hours and he's thinking, no way. I think my son's not going to live. Can I really trust Jesus' promise? But then his servants meet him with some brilliant news. They say, your son is better. He's fully recovered. He lives and he can't wait to see you. Do you know what the man did next? He took off his faith floats he said, I don't need these anymore. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. I wonder if you can remember what you were doing at certain times yesterday. What were you doing at four o'clock yesterday morning? Luke. Sleeping, brilliant. What were you doing at 8.30 yesterday morning? Yes. Watching TV. What were you doing at about quarter to two in the afternoon? Lola. Making cakes. What were you doing at about half past 11 last night? Emily. You were up at half past 11 last night. Was she supposed to be up at half past 11 last night? No. That's a conversation over lunch for that one. The man with the sick little boy remembered exactly what he was doing at one o'clock yesterday afternoon. Do you know what he was doing at one o'clock yesterday afternoon? Luke. It wasn't... Not quite, not... Brilliant. He was listening to Jesus. He was listening to Jesus' promise. Go your son will live now here's a little bit of a mental maths challenge i wonder if any of the adults are quick at this okay sound travels at approximately 34 340 meters per second it's 34 kilometers from cana to Capernaum. how long does it take for sound to travel from cana to Capernaum? any adults can do that quickly off the top of their head steve Brilliant, 100 seconds, about 100 seconds. That was quick, well done. It takes about 100 seconds for a sound in Cana to get to Capernaum. Do you know how long it takes for Jesus' promise to get from Cana to Capernaum? Zero seconds. Bang, Jesus speaks. His promise in Cana makes something happen in Capernaum. It doesn't take 100 seconds, it takes zero seconds because his word is just as powerful as his presence. What does the man do? Verse 53, he and his whole household believed. You see, he sort of believed in Jesus at the beginning. But now he really believes. You know, he believes so much that he wants to tell his whole family about what Jesus has done for him. You see, they knew that he'd gone to get Jesus to come and heal his son. But they knew that he didn't get Jesus. He got Jesus' promise. And now they know that Jesus' promise is just as powerful as his presence. They started with babyish, shallow faith. But now they've grown up and they've got a deeper faith. They've taken their faith floats off. What are we going to do if we learn this lesson? That Jesus' promises are just as powerful as his presence. Here we go. We can trust what Jesus says, even if we can't see what he's doing. We can trust what Jesus says, even if we can't see what he's doing. Now I think that's an important thing to learn today. I wonder if you can remember the last person who made you a promise. Maybe it was a friend, maybe it was your mom and dad, maybe it was someone at work, maybe it was a politician, Did they do what they said they'd do? We live in a world, don't we, where promises are broken all the time. And we think, can I really trust that person's promise? We can trust what Jesus says, even if we can't see what he's doing. Because his word is the most powerful thing in the universe. It is like God's remote control. Jesus speaks, bang, things happen. I wonder if you've got this book at home. I forgot to bring it along. It's called The One O'Clock Miracle. I saw someone lending it to somebody a few weeks ago. It's all about this true story. And I love the way it puts it. It puts it like this in the middle page. Jesus didn't need to go and see the boy. He didn't need to walk and walk. He didn't have to run. Jesus simply spoke. And just like that, the boy was better. Wow. Only Jesus could do that and do you know why? Because Jesus is God's son. Often we can't see exactly what Jesus is doing in our lives or in our world. And we especially feel like that when confusing and painful and difficult things are happening. Maybe that's all this lockdown stuff. Maybe that's something that's just in your life that, you don't, that no one else really knows about. And you're finding it hard to trust his promise. But we can always trust what jesus says even if we can't see what he's doing and we can especially trust his promise to give us eternal life you know jesus said to the to the man your son will live it's a wonderful promise for one sick little boy to get better in the very next chapter of john's book jesus makes an even better promise for all of us this is what he says uh, back here truly truly i say to you whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. You see, we can't see Jesus today. He's not present with us, like a teacher might be present with us in a classroom. But his words are the most powerful thing in the universe. They're bigger than space. They're faster than time. And so if Jesus says you have eternal life, then you have eternal life. You won't be judged because of your sins. All those things in which way, all those ways in which we've ignored God and pushed God out, all those things that make God angry, Jesus says you won't be judged. If we believe in Jesus, it won't take a hundred seconds for Jesus to give us eternal life. He gives us eternal life like that because his promise is just as powerful as his presence. There's a great old hymn that puts it like this. To every believer, the promise of God, the vilest offender who truly believes, that moment from Jesus, a pardon receives. See, if we trust what Jesus says, even when we can't see what he's doing, we will be forgiven. We don't need to be scared of anything. We don't need to be afraid of anyone. Jesus is on our side. And he makes us children of our Heavenly Father. What will you think about the next time you pick up your remote control? What's on Netflix? Is there anything good on BBC One? Shall I turn the TV off? Maybe next time you pick up your remote control, you could remember the remote control miracle. And you could say to yourself, I live in a world where I find it really hard to trust people's promises. I live in a painful, difficult world. But... I can remember that Jesus' promises are just as powerful as his presence and so I can trust him. Let's learn to trust him just like that man did who had the sick little boy.